One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome again to Pearlmania 500. Or if it's your first time, welcome for the first time. Oh man, welcome. Pearlmania 500 is a podcast where a husband and wife duo do their research and lore dump all over each other's faces. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's okay. what we do. All right. Often, these topics are voted on by our Patreons, which you can become a Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Pearlmania 500, yep. or follow the links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I don't think there's anything else we need to say. I mean, that's what we do. That is what we, we do. We do research, in air quotes. Yeah. And then we kind of yell it at each other. Yeah. For the tee-hee-hees. Oh, and we should probably put one of those like, hey, we're not actually journalists and, uh, you know. Allegedly. <laughs> Opinions only. Opinions only. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Legal, legal, legal. We, we are not professionals. This we is for enter- entertainment purposes only. Yeah. And not financial. We're finan- entertaining you. Welcome. And, and not financial <laughs> advice. With that, let's start a new episode, episode 18. Holy shit, really? Yeah, episode 18. Wow. Of Pearlmania 500. There's a place where you can stay when the world gets too insane. Smiling, his name was Dusk, as we say also in our show notes, uh-huh. every episode, Yep, our uh, theme song brought I, to you by His Name Was Dusk. The best theme song. The best theme song in history. And if you listen to the book club this week- We got a new book club theme song. Yeah, that's right. Whenever we do the book club episodes, which are, you know- Whenever. I, whenever <laughs> you finish, you finish a, book. a book. 
Which is fine. You read thick books. The, yep. Because mm-hmm. Mrs. Promania likes them thick. Whoa, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. This episode has got a lot of innuendos already. Well, you know what? That's just how we roll. <laughs> no, it isn't. We roll innuendo deep. Are we going to do the Hey Huns? Yeah, we're going to do the Hey Huns. You want me to hit the Hey Hun button? Yeah. Okay. Hey Hun, let's meet our team leaders. As our regular listeners know, this is where we give shout outs to all of our new team leaders and Hey Hun Patreons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the three and five dollar tier. Five dollar team leaders get to vote in polls that we have on our Patreons. Wait, real quick. Yeah. Before we do the Hey Huns. Yeah. What did you- I need to just say something. Okay. Because it's about this. The poll that we have up yeah. for your next upcoming topics yeah. is the most contentious poll yes. that has ever been put on our Patreon. Everyone is so excited about every single topic. Yes. <laughs> the comments are amazing. Yes. So if you join our Patreon, we put up these polls so you can vote on topics that we're going, we will do our uh, episodes on. And right now, the team leads are having at it in the poll. And they all have great opinions. Yes. There's three <laughs> on there right now. It's the Pinkertons are far and be far in the lead. Okay. 50% of the votes are for the Pinkertons. Oh, really? Okay. So it's really for the second one. Yeah. Who is going to be my second topic? Yeah. Is it going to be Shen Yun? Yep. And the cult that is involved with the Shen dance Yun? Cult, the dancing cult. Or is it going to be the owners of Uline? Uline. Who is a large logistics sales company Mm-hmm. That also has a ton of sway and influence in the Republican Party. Perfect. As one does. Uh, also, so does Shen Yun have a lot of sway and influence in the Republican Don't Party. Don't give away the, the No, research. I know. It's, it's which one do you want? Do you want the capitalist corporate one? Or do you want the culty capitalist corporate one? With dancing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, it's such a good. The thing is, I've done light research on both. And I'm like, both are really like the Pinkertons one. It's going to be good. Yeah. But Uline and Shen Yun, I'm torn because, listen, whoever loses, we, at some point in the far future, maybe we'll bring it back for a future poll. Yeah. Um, but right now, it, it's Shen Yun's in the lead. Yeah. Well, by, like, by like five votes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. This is why everyone needs to vote in every election, <laughs> especially if you're a $5 team lead. Register to vote. Register to vote. <laughs> the at patreon.com slash Pearlmania 500. But also locally register to vote. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> and go to your library. Okay. <laughs> So with that, we have eight shout-outs this week. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, so let's go down them. Yeah. First up, we have Connor McLeod. Hey, hon. After that, we have Little Waddy. Little Waddy, hey, hon. Yeah, you know what, Little Waddy? Yeah. <laughs> Just because you're a little. After that, we have Hey, hon, Hacker. Hey, hon. After that, we have Zoe Harris. Hey, hon. After that, we have Brianna Kern. Hey, Brianna Kern. After that, we have That's Dad Mom to You. <laughs> hey, hon. That's dad mom to you. I love it. I live. Oh, that's a good t-shirt. That is a good t-shirt. Yeah. That's dad mom to you. After that, we have Cheyenne. Hey, hon. And finally, Uh-oh. we never sleep. <laughs> Same. <laughs> feels, like a, feels like a threat. <laughs> we never we sleep. Never sleep. We don't have time to sleep. We're we, researching for the podcast. That's, We're trying to read books yeah, for the podcast. That's very true. We're making TikToks about Taylor Swift. I'm looking at you. So that was... <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was our Hey Huns. Hey Huns. Hey Let's meet our team leaders. Thank you all so much for supporting our podcast. It means the world to us. Yep. And as you guys know, uh, we've said in the past that, you know, we're, we're, ne- we're probably never going to get corporate sponsorship. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we have not been reached out to somebody. And for the Listen first time ever. We got our first hashtag ad. It is happening. Yes. We did it. Yes. Well, we didn't really do much. Yeah. <laughs> 
We were not paid in cash, though. No. We were paid in, you know, you'll explain. It's, yeah, we were paid in knives. Yeah. <laughs> the best. So, yeah, uh, like I just, like we were saying, this is our first ad we've ever had here. And actually what happened was one of our amazing podcast listeners, Bob Ouellette of Bob's Ironworks, reached out um, with an incredible trade idea. And basically, Bob is a blacksmith, and he made us it's for me he made me he made you uh, he made me a custom knife and we went back and forth um on gmail like uh, what kind of specs i liked what color handle i wanted it's incredible so he created me an eight inch blade knife based on two different japanese styles that are often referred to referred to as k-tip gyoto and i'm probably saying that wrong because i say everything wrong yeah i'm not and, even gonna try to pre- i'm not listen, even gonna try to correct you on listen, that one somebody will this isn't guillotine <laughs> <laughs> and so uh it has a beautiful redwood handle and it's incredible i've already chopped vegetables with it and love it obsessed yep. um so please support his incredible work um i'm going to link all of his link tree and his etsy shop on the Patreon, and it will uh, end up in an Instagram video that we're gonna do of you, me using the knife. Yep, and being us being silly together, um, not yeah. like silly with a knife. Yeah, that's not weird. silly with okay, a knife. That's not yeah, like yeah. what's gonna be. It's gonna yeah, be. we're gonna <laughs> make. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna post on there. It, it, we we did discuss about doing a TikTok for it, but I'm like TikTok has this thing with knives. Yeah, and they're like not. I mean, like I don't know. I I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to play around with that. Yeah, that nope. So but yeah. listen, it's gonna be amazing. Um. So also his Etsy shop. I was going through his Etsy shop, and he has like amazing stickers that he makes. And the one sticker that's my favorite is called the Mean Alphabet Soup sticker, and it's just it's a sticker of a pot of soup in which the alphabet pasta spells fuck off. Oh, that's nice. And I love that a lot. That's good. <laughs> so please follow Bob. Uh, his Instagram is Bob's underscore Ironwork. His TikTok is at Bobarosa. And his Etsy shop is Bob's Ironwork. And again, we're going to link it all. Thank you so much to our first technical sponsor of our podcast, yep. Bob's Ironwork. And uh, shout out because the knife is awesome. And everybody keep an eye out for the upcoming video. We'll be posting about it. Um, of me using the knife to and, chop onions and make Alex cry. And one thing, you know, we're here on episode 18. Bob reached out to us at like episode three. Yeah. And we've been working with, you've been working with him on this one for a while now. Yeah. Um, so it's been extremely, extremely cool. Yeah. Um, and Bob did send us the knife to our P.O. box, yep. uh, which I'm going to plug again. Our P.O. box is 72549 Thorndale, PA. One nine three seven two, and if you scroll down to the show notes, it's listed right there. Mm-hmm. So, with all the plugs out of the way, the Patreons, the ad, the PO box, all the different ways, we're actually getting the podcast started early. <laughs> yeah, we're it's early in the day for us. Yeah, but not only just that. I mean, like that actually was less time. We're actually five minutes shorter. We're it, doing it. We covered more stuff. <laughs> Because we're, we actually wrote out a plan. We are getting really good at podcasting. We are getting really good I'm at podcasting. I'm going to be the new Joe Rogan. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you? Yeah. I hope so. Well, my nipples don't look like his, so that's good. Well, not yet. <laughs> Whoa! Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, with that, tune in. Get your popcorn ready. Oh, man. I hope you're having a good Monday. 
Yeah. You're going to sit down and do some data entry, maybe yep. move some boxes, maybe mow the lawn, maybe fold some laundry. Oh, one of our listeners uh, sent me a message. They work at the zoo. Oh. And when they're like cleaning out the animal stuff, they listen to our podcasts while they're doing zoo stuff. Well, you know what? Pearlmania 500. <laughs> it's a great, it pairs great with lion shit. <laughs> and with that, Let's get it going. Pearlmania, 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 500. All right, so with this episode, it's your topic. Yeah. I don't know what the topic is. Nope. Because you went loose. I went loosey-goosey. Yep. I've been deep in the internet. Okay. Doing whatever I want. You got up in that internet guts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like you, Al Gore. Yep. And just got in there. You got you got into that Al Gore rhythm. Uh, oh, that was really good. I hate it. That was so good. I've been doing that pun for like years and I, only recently have people started to like actually hear it because <laughs> Al Gore is like, I invented the internet, even though he never actually said that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, algorithms, Al Gore rhythms. Oh my God. And that man has no rhythm. Okay. So anyway, I came up with a topic without telling you and I wanted to deep dive into this because I never really explored this person before okay so i've really gone in and tried to figure out who they are because a lot of people know who this is and a lot of people know the backstory and i really somehow managed to have horse blinders to this whole situation and that apparently was a blessing on my part um so i'm gonna tell you we're gonna talk about a woman whose uh birth name is rachel neely Okay. okay, Rachel Neely. That means nothing to me. No. she's uh, She was born the daughter of a Pentecostal preacher. Okay, okay. not narrowing it down. Nope. Uh, after she graduated high school, Rachel moved to L.A. with dreams of being famous and went to acting school and worked part-time as an assistant. Okay. Okay. Uh, she got a job at a production company, Miramax. Okay. And when she got this job, she immediately quit acting school. <laughs> she was like, bet, I'm already here. I'm in Miramax. What do I need acting school for? Right. Okay. Obviously. Um, also, while she's working at Miramax, she meets a guy. All right. And um, the thing about Rachel Neely is she's a writer. She writes books. And so um, in one of her books, she describes when she started dating him, this man from Miramax. And she describes him as being kind of, well, really emotionally manipulative, okay? And this is a quote from the book where she describes when she first starts dating this Miramax guy. I dated this older man. I was essentially his booty call for months and months. He was bothered when I referred to myself as his girlfriend. He entirely treated me like crap and obliterated my worth as a human being. So I dumped him. Leaving him was exactly the wake-up call he needed to grow up and see me for the valuable, worthy woman I am. Next thing I know, he shows up at my doorstep, and we are giving our relationship another go, and this time it worked out. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm like, nervous. Yeah. Who is Rachel Neely? Uh, so the man she met at Miramax, his name is Dave Hollis, and... Obviously, she changed her name when she got married, and her name is Rachel Hollis. Okay. Do you means, know who that is? That means nothing to me. Amazing. What a life you leave. What? This is... It's amazing that you don't know who Rachel Hollis is, and you're a, a blessed person. I don't know I'm who that is. blessed I don't know who this. Dave Hollis is. Well, Am I supposed to know who Dave Hollis no, is? No, but I'm going to tell you, okay? Oh, no. Dave Hollis, uh, he worked at Miramax, right? Yeah. Eventually, uh, as the years go on, he ends up becoming a CEO at... Uh, the CEO at Disney for worldwide distribution. 
Okay. She was like a top level executive at Disney. Okay. All right. And she originally went there to be an actress and she's not even acting anymore. No. She's just like, she got a job at a production company, mm-hmm. met some guy. Yep. So he's going places. Who doesn't seem great based doesn't on their seem great. beginning interactions. Honestly, when you said his name was Dave Hollis, my first thought was, um, who was, not Uncle Jesse, the other uncle from Family Matters, not Family Matters. The one that Alanis Morissette wrote yes. a song about? Yes. <laughs> I was like him, like that was my thought. I was like, uh, no. So you like you you just said she quit going to acting school. She's yeah. no longer following that dream. Yeah, she did uh, quit her job at Miramax after they got married because <laughs> rich, yeah. rich. Yeah, why do you need to do dual income? <laughs> so, but she what she does is she starts her own party planning company. And so she's like throwing these big parties. So she's Entertainment 720. She's <laughs> Entertainment 720 for sure. Actually, okay. she calls the company Chic Media. I hate it. I hate this. So I this, hate this. This company raise everyone's taxes. <laughs> this company, raise everyone's taxes right now. This company she starts for party planning. Um, she starts uh, writing a blog about it. So she's blogging about it and she's posting pictures of like the table settings and the the beautiful cakes and like you know the the bohemian backyards with the b- pretty balloons and all like just the very rich people parties. Yeah. She's writing blogs about it, right? And the parties she's throwing are for Cuba Gooding Jr., Bradley Cooper, Al Gore. <laughs> That's real. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> really? She got that Al Gore rhythm. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, I can't imagine how she would have gotten contacts with them, right? Like, how would she have them as clients? Yeah. How could she possibly? I don't know. She must just be really good at her job. Okay. Um, so. Wait, so real quick, these yeah. parties, since you, you've, you've been to the blog. Yeah. Right, and you looked at them. Are we, so these are like backyard parties, right? No, but there's, they're big parties still. Yeah, but, okay, would Jolo be at one of these parties? Probably some of them, yeah, like, like the big like, big parties. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, okay, are some of them like debaucherous bacchanal parties? No, no, no. These are these are this more. This is not that. This is more for like she's the, selling the idea that like like of a Pinterest board almost. Gotcha. Like, you could make this decoration for your table. You could make your party event look like this. Your that, wedding, but your, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying though. These yeah. are these are table parties. Yeah. Maybe with either a DJ or a string quartet. Mm. That's what I'm saying, like backyard party. Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? Like I a, know what you mean. Like a Memorial Day party is different. It's not Paris Hilton with a giant bottle of champagne. Yeah. Like, it's not that. Yeah, yeah. No one's relapsing. No, be- no. So... Okay. <laughs> wait, hold that thought. Okay, no! so... <laughs> so... Um, She's highlighting the events and pictures and stuff on her blog. Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis. Yeah. And the blog becomes incredibly successful. She reports she's getting over 600,000 views a month on her blog. Okay. What year is this? Uh, I feel like I didn't write down the year. I'm feeling like 2010-ish. Okay. All right. Because like here's the thing. It's like I'm like 600,000 and I was like... Pfft. That's that's how weird it is. The internet has now broken. Oh wait, us so it was much. it was in two thousand. Ew, it was two thousand ten ish, two thousand eight. Okay, because in one of her books, she was quoted as saying that the reason her company survived the two thousand eight recession is because she worked harder. Okay. 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 So just remember, she worked harder at planning parties than anybody else, and yeah. that's why her uh, blog and event par- event coordinating. Um, 
what was so successful through a recession. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not that she had anything to fall back on. And okay? it's, not, it's not. It's not because she has completely connected to the upper levels of Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, industry that she has, has no. access to the halls of power. No. Not the fact that her that her entire probably I'm guessing Schedule C tax return uh, sole proprietorship business uh, could at any point in time. Uh, be used as a tax write-off against mm-hmm. her husband's incredible income mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. make sure that they don't have to keep paying taxes no, on their overages. Um, yeah, no, no, it's fine. She's running her business at a loss on purpose during mm-hmm. a recession, uh, but then also blogging about how great it is, yeah. therefore getting secondary income stream through the blog that she runs as a separate, complete entity. You know what you sound like? A communist. Anyway, so she shifts the blog, right? She shifts the blog. She shifts it. She shifts it. And it becomes more relatable, inspirational, motivational, <sighs> lifestyle guru. Gotcha. Okay. So the blog shifts. So she's she's doing that early Instagram. She's mm-hmm. doing she's pulling a proto Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very. Okay. okay. So she has this breakthrough moment on social media. So like again, where she's getting views, people are are really engaging with her, but she's not like, you know, a household name at this point. Um, but she gets this. Cr- She's not a household name now. I've never heard of this person. Uh, that's fair enough. But other people have. Okay. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. There's know, people that houses know about this. Okay. Okay. So she has her first breakthrough moment on social media in 2015. When an that's in- seven years later, <laughs> seven Listen, years. She's been hustling. She's grinding. She's grinding and hustling. She's hashtag grind set. <laughs> Let me tell you, hashtag grind set. And then this is I, when you hear how she broke the internet, um, you're going to really love it. So she had an Instagram photo that went really viral. And in the Instagram photo, it's her in a bikini and she's uh, wearing a bikini and she's not photoshopped. This is that's basically it. Right. But the the little caption under it, it says, I wear a bikini because I'm proud of this body and every mark on it. Those marks prove that I was blessed enough to carry my babies and that flabby tummy means I worked hard to lose the weight I could, she wrote in the post. And it got more than 10 million views and like uh, lots and lots of likes and everybody loved it because she was so authentic. And look at her. She's not afraid to show her stretch marks. Okay. Okay. So that's, being a woman sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the worst. Being a woman fucking sucks. <laughs> the bar is so low. <laughs> I would love to just post a picture of myself like shirtless, <laughs> like standing next to my lawnmower in the backyard, being like, "You see all these stretch marks on my body? That shows that I proved my hard work." <laughs> like that's fucking. That's the most empty shit I've ever heard. Like, and I understand, like. Okay, she's in Hollywood where everybody's photoshopping everything mm-hmm. and getting everything tucked and all that stuff. Yeah. So maybe in the echelon, again, I keep saying the echelons of power. Yeah. It's a fucking, I look know. at me. I'm photoshopping my words. <laughs> when you're surrounded by rich fucks all day who only care about their looks because they have no personality, mm-hmm. then yeah, whether or not you have a stretch mark fucking matters. But here's the thing she's not an actress. Her body, her physical body has nothing to do with her actual job. Nope. She makes backyard parties where she puts burlap around fucking mason jars. I'm guessing. Yeah. Am I right? You're right. Am I fucking do it? And when you show up, the seating chart, it's using one of those pin boards 
where they use the fucking like letters. The clothespins. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I hate them. Oh, I have a great idea. What's that? Tea lights. You can tell. Suck it. You can Suck tell my that tea we, we love we worked in catering for too long together. Oh, I hate her. So, um, in 2016, she released what I can only describe as an incredibly cursed cookbook. <laughs> I've seen this cookbook before in person at Ollie's. <laughs> <laughs> And for those who, who don't know what Ollie's is, Ollie's is like this outlet store that's like 15 steps down from a TJ Maxx. Like, it's wild Ollie's, outlet store. Ollie's is where products go to die. Yeah. It's the... La- okay, I want y'all to picture... Y'all seen Toy Story. Yep. All right? Imagine where the toys that no kid has ever touched mm-hmm. ends up. On top of that, too, it's just like... Any product line that just has never worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has never worked. Extremely marked down. Mm-hmm. Everything is crazy. Yep. I bought grass seed there because it was cheap and it's the worst grass. It is, I you have know a what else they have at Ollie's? Grass. Because I saw the cookbook there in the book section. Oh. They got a plethora. Oh, here we go. Of Amish romance novels. <laughs> They're big in Amish romance at the Ollie's. Hold on. Hold on. Give the listeners a chance. They have to catch up on the sentence you just said. So Ollie's, it's what Ollie's bar, bargain outlet. Bargain outlet, yeah, yeah, and they're they're all over southeastern Pennsylvania. I think yeah. they started originally. I don't know where they originally started. I don't know, but they we have them from Lancaster all the way out to our area, and these this place, y'all, it makes like she said, it's like, like a big lots. But, like, weirder. Well, here's the thing. Big Lots actually marks up their shit and yeah. then claims they're marking it down. Yeah, But, I mean, like, Ollie's, inside. Inside. Like, no, it no, has yeah, that yeah. Big Lots feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but the Amish romance novels. Oh, the Amish Mennonite romance, baby. Yeah. They're, and they're, they're literally, like, crazy. I wish we had. I wish sometimes I had we one. get No, but sometimes we get, like, the Ollie's sends us a thing and they'll yeah, have the a flyers. listing of them. Yeah. And they're always nuts. Yeah. They're always crazy. And Their the most one- recent flyer said they're going to have a big buyout from Bed Bath & Beyond going out of business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because this is what they do. They just buy up. They're yeah. like, hey, yeah, what do you have? A warehouse full of shit? Yeah, okay. The one day we went there and, and you bought a bunch of Tupperware. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I bought it for all my whole family. Yeah, and the guy working the counter was like, would you please buy more? And we're, <laughs> you were like, what? And he's like, I can't make – the." We can't get to the break room. There's so many boxes of Tupperware in back. It was great Tupperware. It was the holiday edition, like big ones, sets of three, and all different uh, sizes and shapes, and they were like three dollars. So yeah, yeah, I called every family member and I was like, "How many do you want?" Yeah, this, I got you. So Ollie's is the place where if nothing sells, mm-hmm. if nothing sells, it's going there. Yeah. So like almost every like. All the overflow conservative books. Oh, yeah. They yeah, always yeah. end up there. Mm-hmm. There's all like the history books where you're like, that history looks kind of racist. They're like, it is. Yeah. Whoops. Two dollars. So anyway, let's get back to her cookbook, which oh, I've yeah. seen at Ollie's. For Rachel Hollis. For Rachel Hollis. Okay. The na- the title of the book is called Upscale Down Home. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. And um the recipes are awful. Of course. They're I look through it. Uh, I, look, I pulled it up online to look through it. Okay. A lot of mayonnaise forward salads. A lot of salads with a lot of mayonnaise. And like, listen, I love a potato salad. Everybody knows that about you made, me. You made way too much yesterday. <laughs> I love potato salad. You, the potato salad? You, you, <laughs> I know. I want to make those clear to the listeners. I came home uh-huh. from work. Yep. And you were like, I made some potato salad. And I'm picturing, y'all, a small bowl. Uh-huh. 
She has the largest mixing bowl mm-hmm. in our home. Mm-hmm. She had filled halfway up. And I'm yeah. looking at it and I'm like, this is like 10 potatoes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want a potato salad. <laughs> because the one thing I know about Mrs. Pearlmania, and yeah. this is the thing I discovered early on, mm-hmm. is we can't, she is not a glass half full person. No. If there's a glass, yeah. it's going to the top. Always. You baby. always fill it to the top. <laughs> To the point where we had animals get overweight because I would be like, oh, I'd grab a, a plastic, like a red solo cup. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, the dog gets half a red solo cup. Mm-hmm. And then she would go. And when I noticed that the dog's getting kind of fat, she's like, yeah, well, I'm giving the dog the solo cup. So I have to then cut it. So it's half a cup. So she can't give the dog a full because it's a full. You fill the container. Listen, why would you design a container to not be full? That's how I live my whole life. That and that is why you've had the problems you have. <laughs> Yo, so Rachel I don't Hollis, need to know about moderation. So anyway, Rachel Hollis is upscaling upscale, the down home. Upscale down home. I hate that title. And mayonnaise salads. Oh, also one of her recipes that she made in there uh, was for I believe it was described as a taquito. And this one's going to be a direct offense at you. Allegedly. And it's a hot dog. A hot dog. Okay. Rolled in a slice of the cheese that you uh, unwrap for the plastic. You know the kind. And then she wrapped it in a tortilla and then she baked it. Hot dog, slice of cheese, tortilla, baked. Taquito. I hate this woman. Yeah. I hate this woman. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's, ugh, I hate and she so also much. had a, a spritzer in there, like a drink. And it was red wine and Diet Coke topped with berries. And it was titled, because, you know, all the recipes have names. Guess what the name was? What was the name? Gypsy. Yeah. Just a little touch of the racism for you. And at the end of the book, so, like, you you go through all the book and there's all these recipes, (laughs) alleged recipes, because I don't think you should eat any of these things. Um, And you get to the end of the book and there starts to be uh, pages on how to plan out having a shopping party at your house. Listen, are you going to have a shopping party? Let me show you how to do a layout for your shopping party. Shopping party? Yeah, babe, a shopping party. What the hell is a shopping party? Oh. See, we've talked a lot about pyramid schemes on this. Yeah, MLMs and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Where do you think they happen? Uh, the internet? No. What? You throw parties at your house, at your girlfriend's house, and you have all the ladies come over, and you show them all the jewelry, or you show them all the leggings, or you show them all the Mary Kay makeup. It's a shopping party. That's how these MLMs work. You throw parties at people's houses and then everybody comes over. You have drinks and snacks and you buy things and you try to recruit them for your MLM. And you go, oh, listen, if you buy this and you'll get this free package and you know what? You could throw parties at your house and then you could be in. You could make money outside of, um, you know, just your husband's salary. Being a woman sucks. <laughs> this is awful. So, yeah, she was doing an instructional on how to throw a really good uh, jewelry shop, uh, shopping party at your house in her cookbook. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So she's upscale, down home, upselling, down line. Babe. Bars. Bars, babe. I nailed it. <laughs> so. I nailed it. I didn't even know where the down was going to come from. And then I was like, line. <laughs> Did you see the look on my face? Yeah. I was shocked. You surprised yourself with how good shocked. that was. Um, so fast forward a bit. It's how, how a bit? So we were in 2016. So, yeah. so I just want to go back on the timeline a little bit here. Okay. 
Somewhere in the 2000s, she marries Dave Hollis. Mm-hmm. She quits everything, mm-hmm. starts doing backyard parties with Al Gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets blogging b- about them. Blogging about them mm-hmm. in 2008 to 2010. Make, gets a lot of followers from blogging, so she writes a cookbook about it. Yeah, so then, which she which builds up to her Instagram. Yep. So that way she has enough to go a super viral Instagram photo, mm-hmm. post the cookbook in 2016. Yep. All right, now we're fast forwarding to- We're going to 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. So okay. we're not too fast forward, but okay. All right. So- Pardon me. In 2018, she releases a book called Girl, Wash Your Face. All right. Well, that seems insulting. Girl, comma, wash your face. Wash your face. Okay. It's like treat yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But but somehow sinister. Yeah. Wash your face. Um, Girl. I want to tell you something. Wash your face. I've never read this book. Of course not. But okay. So uh, it's described by the Washington Post as a mix of memoir, motivational tips, Bible quotations, and common sense girl talk. The prevailing message uh, is largely of female self-reliance being summed up by Hollis as you and only you are ultimately responsible for how happy you are. The book has been wildly successful, described as a publishing phenomenon, and was the second most popular book in 2018. Girl, Wash Your Face was listed on the New York Times bestseller under advice, comma, how to, and miscellaneous category. That is from the Wikipedia page. Okay. Um, it the book is like twenty chapters, and each chapter at the top of the chapter is a lie that Hollis told herself. So, like the first one of the chapters is called "I'll Start Tomorrow," and another chapter is called "I'm Defined by My Weight." And then she goes on in each chapter to explain how she successfully tackled each of these obstacles and lies she was telling herself. Okay. Okay. I did pull up two uh, reviews from the wiki page. Of the book. Oh, also, this book was published by uh, the Christian section of like Harper's Collins or something. Okay. So like the this is f- being like a very predominantly advertised for Christian ladies. Okay. okay? So this this is a Midwest book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a Midwest book written. This is. Hey, you live in Nashville, you live in Des Moines, Iowa, but mm-hmm. you want to feel you want to know what one of the good Hollywood people is doing. Yeah. That's kind of the way it's mm-hmm. being marketed. Yeah, all, but no, no, she never markets Hollywood. So like, uh, she, she markets rich though, all right? Not really. She's really? really focusing on authenticity. Okay, I'm just like you. I'm one of the gals. Okay, all right. She doesn't talk about how it's like, you know, she pushed herself away from the the Bradley Cooperness of the parties. You know? uh, the al- the algorithm. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> but like r- upscale down home. Okay. okay, you're down home. You're just doing it fancy. This is starting to feel a little bit like um, Hilaria Baldwin. You know what? This is starting. You're not wrong. This is starting to feel in that direction, <laughs> and I'm I'm getting scared. <laughs> I'm honestly getting scared because that woman has only become more powerful since our episode about her. <laughs> Hilaria Baldwin has slowly been taking over the world to the point where I'm relatively sure mm-hmm. she got her husband exonerated of murder. <laughs> I mean, because she was like, I'm just going to Hilaria Baldwin was like, I'm just going to keep posting pictures of me fake pregnant. Yeah. And that'll make enough money on Instagram that we can afford a better lawyer. So Alec Baldwin doesn't go to jail. She's just like, if you pretend like you're not guilty, you'll not be guilty. That's how it works. So my one concern Mm. about this girl, wash your face book. Okay. Is and I'm I'm sure you didn't didn't look it up since you mentioned it's from the Christian section Mm -hmm. of that one publishing company is that she might be a New York Times with a dagger. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know about those? Yeah. Yeah. So, where for like our, you buy them yourself? Yeah. So, yeah. So, for our listeners, if you ever see somebody who is really big and like New York Times bestseller, if you go to the New York Times themselves, they will put a little dagger next to their name. So, like Donald Trump Jr. Mm-hmm. wrote a book, Triggered. And he was like, Yeah, that's the name of his book. I'm the author of the New York Times bestseller, Trigger. Anyway, there's a little <sighs> dagger next to him. Ben Shapiro is another one. Uh, Huckabee. A lot of conservatives and a lot of Christian authors mm. will often have this dagger because they had bulk, they have bulk sales. Yeah. So it's not that fifteen or fifty thousand individual people are buying it. Yeah. You will have church groups, um, conservative groups, different people who are like, "Hey, when you release this book, we're gonna buy thirty five thousand copies in the first week, which is gonna push it to the top." And especially in the early 2000s, this was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times came in and added this dagger system yeah. to let people know, hey, yeah, this is number one. But suspicious. It's fucking suspicious. Suspicious. To the point where you can read articles um, about people who go to these different conservative groups mm-hmm. and they'll have a back room full of rotting books. Mm. And they're like, yeah, take whatever you want of the fucking pile of, you know. No, they just go to Ollie's. I see them there. Nope, that's part of it. But they don't, <laughs> they can't usually sell them directly to Ollie's because they're marked as not for real resale a lot of times. Oh my God. So they're, they're usually like sold then at conservative uh, events. Yeah. Or given as part of gift bags. Oh. But but the big thing, though, is the New York Times only tracks the sales. Got it. Not so, the actual readership. I think this lady did sell a lot of books. I'll be honest. And we'll okay. see in this. We'll, okay. we'll see. So I did. I got the two two reviews from the wiki that I found interesting. So first review is from the Gospel Coalition. Hmm. Uh, Alyssa Childer said of the book, Hollis tells a story that will have you crying one minute and shooting Diet Coke out your nose the next. But ultimately, she was conflicted by the overall book. Um, while Childers was sympathetic to many of the themes contained in the book, she felt that despite being marketed as a Christian book, its core message of lifting oneself up by their bootstraps as a solution to any problem came in lieu of, in quotes, surrendering your life to Jesus and placing your trust in him alone, end quotes. She also acknowledged that the book, in quotes, exhausted her and it's all about what I can do, what I can be doing better and what I'm not doing good enough, she observed. <laughs> how to do better at work, parenting and writing and how to be less bad at cardio, sex and, you know, changing the world. But knowing the good news of who I am in Christ brings me true rest. That's a pretty specific viewpoint. That's a, There's a lot to unpack in that yeah. one. And we're not going to focus on that. Let no, me get to no, the next review. Can I, can I focus on one line, yeah, though? Yeah, go I'm ahead. Crying one second and then shooting Diet Coke out your nose the second. Which leads me to believe that this person who mm-hmm. wrote that review yeah. does not drink water. Oh. <laughs> Just, like, does not drink water. Like, it's such a specific thing that you're sitting down with your Diet Coke. and Babe, then- and I know this might be one of these, uh, uh, a lady... Thing or spe- I don't I don't know if it's like a gender specific thing, but like Diet Coke is a thing. No, I know it's like a thing. Like people, I was people raised on Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. Okay. No, no, I was raised on it's... Diet Coke. It took me years to deprogram Diet Coke as the <laughs> default Coke flavor. Yeah, because both my parents, my entire life, 
only drank Diet Coke because they were both convinced they need to drink Diet Coke or else they were going to be overweight. Mm-hmm. All those different Their things. Their marketing team at Diet Coke. Their marketing team at Diet Coke is Thanks. crazy. But and also the Coke, is it Coke Zero? That's Coke way Zero. better. Way yeah. better. Okay, 10 sure. out of 10. 10 out of 10. Anyway. So cherry this, Coke's better than all of them. Fuck off. Okay, Cherry Coke is of course superior. It's the best. But like a Coke Zero? Listen, anyway, I don't know. But if there's a it. fountain and it's got the cherry vanilla Coke? No, talking to me no, all day. no, no, no. Okay, all day. listen. Talking the the next review is actually from BuzzFeed. Uh oh. R.I.P. the goat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BuzzFeed's Laura Turner was critical of the book, the book's essential message that said, You and only you are ultimately responsible for who you become and how happy you are, which she characterized as a, quote, lie. <laughs> Uh, this is a quote from Laura. Her core philosophy itself is emblematic of a huge division in American thought that dominates our national discourse. Are people who have problems responsible for fixing them themselves, or is there some collective responsibility that we are shirking? Does society owe something to all of its members? Turner noted. There's also dark implications in making everything a matter of personal responsibility, which is Hollis's bias. She asks us to interrogate and deconstruct the lies that we've believed about ourselves. And I wonder what lens would function if we turn it on the lies she promotes and girl wash your face. So I did a quick review of the book. Again, I didn't read the book um, because no, thank you. (laughs) But Basically, the thesis of the book is... If you choose, choose positivity, your life will be better and you will reach your full potential. And like inherently this philosophy in this book and what I think the lady from BuzzFeed is trying to say is like this belief system disregards anyone without privilege. So like someone with physical disabilities, the elderly, people in poverty, mental illness, like people can't just think positively about things and then everything will change automatically. Like there's actual structures in place that impede that. And so this privileged take of like good vibes only is really not great. So this, so she's a manifest babe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's trying to manifest. She's a manifest gal, but also um, what's the thing with the preachers that Always oh, prosperity gospel. Very prosperity gospel. She's taking the two and she's Merged she's them. Instagramming it. Yeah. On top of all of that, probably mixing in a couple lines from the, the book, The Secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I think people forget that the secret, the secret came out and people were like, "Oh my god, the secret!" And I'm like, "What's yeah. the secret?" They're like, "Believe that traffic won't be there on your way to work." And I'm like, "That's not how traffic That's works." That's not how traffic how works. No. No. Listen, I, Oprah told us it was good, and you know sometimes Oprah makes mistakes. Sometimes. Okay, we're not going to get into Oprah. That's a whole other episode. Dr. Phil? God. Okay. Dr. Oz? (laughs) Dr. Oz almost killed our state. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we live in a commonwealth. Okay. Pennsylvania is a commonwealth. Um... Yeah, so it's it's very interesting reading the reviews of the book and the the summaries that I looked... I went on Goodreads and, like, looked them over. And, like, a lot of people really like the book. And it was... It's interesting... And I guess, you know what else is interesting to me is I know a lot of people that read this book. Like my family members suggested this book to me. Really? And they're not in this uh, like demographic that she's uh, targeting. Because yeah, it has crossover appeal. It has crossover appeal. But like I very much remember a family member of mine texting me this book and being like, you should read this. It seems like something you might like. This really helped me. And I was like, 
I looked at it and I was like, I like it didn't it didn't have it in me. Yeah. Like I didn't for some I don't know why I didn't want to read it. The title is very 2014, 2015 though. Like girl yeah. wash your face. Girl you know what I mean? Face. Like it was around that same time yeah. that'd be like, you know, like this is my fuck off book. Yeah. It has well, I do want to say to you and listeners, like I am not above a self help book. No. Your girl, I've read a lot of self help books and like but not a lot of self help books. There's certain ones I like. Like I remember in 2016-ish, I read this book by Lovey Ajie. I can't ever say her last name. Called like I'm Judging You, and I loved it. It was kind of like the same like self-helpy, funny. Lovey's like a comedian and an author, so it's like very funny and like I don't know. I liked it. And then you know what's really funny about that? I read that book by Lovey Ajie, Jie, um, and. I really liked it. And I saw that she was doing a tour, like a, like kind of like a book tour, but it was like a group of women authors and they were going around from city to city and doing like a speaking engagement about the books and like about their stuff. So here's me. I'm like, oh, I really like that lady. I want to go see the show. And it was one of those things where like you kind of were like, I think teasing me because I was like, I'm going alone. <laughs> like, yeah, I just went to this big theater by myself. I bought myself a ticket because like you didn't read the book none of my friends had read the book and like i didn't have a book club so like i just went and i i was like well it'll be interesting like to hear her speak about it and her experience and the funny thing is is at that event was an author named glennon doyle now you're not going to know anything about this no but hopefully the readers know who glennon doyle is glennon doyle is a very famous writer of it's I, I wouldn't call it a self-help book, but she wrote this book called Love Warrior. And it's all about her troubles with her marriage and how she was working through them, having an eating disorder, what it's like to grow up as a woman, always be told to like take up less room and like forcing yourself to be smaller and smaller physically and emotionally and spiritually. And like it's a really good book. And it's not so self-helpy as much as it's like a really good exploration into this specific experience. It's like a memoir. Yeah. And is wildly popular. Okay. Most people that have, uh, you know, heard of it, like everybody knows what Love Warrior is by Glennon Doyle. And so I go to this show to see Lovey and Glennon Doyle speaking and I had never heard of her. <laughs> so I'm like, ev- the place is packed by the way, elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, packed with the gals and everybody's there to see Glennon Doyle and I'm like, I don't know who she is. Never heard of this book. And also on that uh, tour was Abby Womack. Do you know who Abby Womack is? Name sounds familiar. Soccer player. Oh, okay. Is she the one with the short hair? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Abby Womack yeah. also had written a book. So okay. she was on the tour too. Okay. And so this is a complete, this has nothing to do with our topic. Nothing. So I could, I, I could tell that hours ago. <laughs> okay. So Abby Womack's on tour as well. And so, you know, she's talking about her book and they have like yeah. a panel. There's all kinds of like these amazing women speaking about life experiences in their books and whatever. And the thing is, this is the thing that I witnessed in real time, and I didn't know I was witnessing, is that, um, so that book, Love Warrior, Glennon Doyle wrote, uh, was all about like her and her husband having these marriage issues and coming through on the other side and loving each other and choosing to work forward together in love and like this whole thing, right? And, you know, they're stronger than they ever were. While she was on that book tour, and I saw that book tour in October. I looked it up. It was October of 2016. I went to see this. Okay. While she was on that book tour, 
she fell in love with Abby Walmack and left her husband, and they announced that they were together in November of 2016. Okay. Yo, I was like, what? And so I'm at this book thing. I'm like, who are these people? These people seem cool. I think I bought a copy of Love Warrior at that fucking yeah. show. And I'm like, oh, this book's really cool. It's interesting. I like this read, blah, blah, blah. And then like the next month is like, hey, by the way, um, that whole thing about me and my husband, nope. And I was like, whoa. And then she released a second book about her journey of like, with exploring herself and falling in love with Abby Womack. And I was like, so now I'm in. Now I'm like somehow in the Glennon Doyle uh, storyline. Anyway, that was a subsection of so what you're telling books. Me, what, you, <laughs> what you're telling me is inside of every woman, there are two wolves. Oh, my God. One that believes in prosperity gospel. Uh-huh. And the other one that will end up sleeping with a woman of a member of the women's national soccer team. Hell yeah. Married her. Married her. Married her. Yeah. Living the great. They live a great life, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't kept up on the whole situation. It's just fucking <laughs> I love so it. crazy. Um, okay, so let's see. What time is it? Four, okay. Should, no, we got enough time. To hit we got enough time. No, yeah, you got more time in the So, uh, Real quick, though. Yeah, can I say ahead. something? Just from that whole aside. Yeah. Being a woman sucks. Okay. We cannot just make the whole podcast about how much I'm just. I'm, not, I'm just coming to this realization. <laughs> You're just now? Just now? Coming to this realization? Now. Now. Are you kidding? Have you not been paying attention? I mean, I've, I've like I've been I've been in the room with being a woman is on. <laughs> Never sat down and watched a full season of it before. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Okay, great. So anyway, in the book she talks about foster. Oh, care. there you go. <laughs> So inter- we're going back to Rachel Hollis. We're going though, back right? to Rachel Hollis. Can guys. we please keep dumping on the grifter? This <laughs> is getting making me sad. So okay, yeah, we're talking. I have a show tonight. All right, listen. We're in the book. She talks about the foster care system, and in it, she like she's describing uh, tax write offs. N- no, <laughs> Alex. Um, Oh, wait, I don't know if it's in Girl, Wash Your Face or it's in the second book she writes or whatever. In the foster care process, she gets super stressed out during the foster care process because it's like, you know, it can be excruciating to mm. be a foster parent and all this. And she openly shares on her social medias and in her book um, that she was struggling with alcohol abuse and Xanax abuse, um, dealing with the having to go through all the processes of the foster care system and like when the kids would go back and like do like the whole thing is just stressing her out and she was relying on alcohol and Xanax and abusing them by her okay. own words. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, she's being honest, authentic with her people. Yeah. I have struggles. I'm a people too. I want to have kids that aren't mine in my <laughs> house. Uh, but, but you know, sometimes that's hard. So I take too many pills and drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why won't they let me keep the kids? It's interesting you say it that way. Okay. So the the other thing is that when they, they try to adopt, they had been trying to adopt a baby internationally, right? It was really like sometimes you just buy a kid. I guess that's how international adoptions work, right? So that wasn't working. So they entered the Los Angeles foster care system as foster parents. They fostered two sisters uh, for three months. 
and I think one of them was special needs. And then those children were returned to their parents. And then they got a call that a set of twins had been abandoned at the hospital and that they only had a few minutes to decide if they would adopt them. And so they immediately adopted these two babies. I don't feel like that's how anything works. That's, like, that's, not, that's not how anything That's works. not even how dog fostering nope, works. No, that's not how it works. Um, four days after the babies came home with that Rachel Hollis and her husband, the police came knocking on their door at night stating that there were claims of abuse being made. And DSFS did an investigation and found it inconclusive. Um, but there was a permanent mark put on their foster care record, and they were not allowed to partake in foster system anymore. Th- this is all claims by Rachel Hollis, or yeah. is this official? It's a, it's both. Okay, she claims that they, in the middle of the night, they were told you have to make a decision right now to adopt these babies, and then you know the cops came. But then the actual, if you look up, I guess somebody on the internet looked up. She does have a. Uh, like a or check mark on the, in the foster care system that says like you know this person has been reported before and like the more research i did into that it seems like the foster care system is so broken yeah no we, that, we like don't... a lot of people get reported yeah we're, i don't know we can't even get into that but how the that other thing is. is when she was discussing in on social media um the foster care system right she's talking about how difficult it is right and when she was discussing the families of these foster kids, this is a quote. How do you keep taking babies to see parents who aren't parenting? How do you give up a Saturday to wait in a McDonald's for addicts who may or may not show up they, and then hand over an innocent baby to erase the progress you have made with their daughter? All now, right. she fucking admitted that she was abusing alcohol and Xanax from the stress. Yeah. But the foster parents who are going through, who she has no idea what they're going through, she's shaming them on the internet, yeah. talking about how they shouldn't be allowed to be around their kids. Yeah. I'm just saying, hypocrisy. Okay. That's all I wanted to point out. A little hypocrisy sidebar. Um, anyway, she's doing really great. The book was incredibly successful. Her social medias are popping. She's doing great. 2018, she, fi- she founded the Hollis Company. So remember, she had originally had that company called Chic Media. Yeah. She changes the name. I think she just kind of closes that one down, maybe. And then she s- starts up a, a bigger brand called the Hollis Company. Well, because she's she's moving she's moving from being a party person. Yeah. And from going from parties, she's now moving more into the you know the social media yeah. whole side of the grift. Exactly. Heavily into that, where so, that the social media itself is now making money before. Social media, and we, we all saw this happen. Yeah, there was a time when you use social media to as advertising for your business, and yeah. then slowly it turned to doing the social media its own on itself is, is the, the bu- business. Yeah. So now the whole time, Dave, remember her husband, Dave? Yeah, Dave Hollis. Dave Hollis. So Dave's still working at Disney. Okay. He's he's actually like the person who like made Marvel movies, like Black Panther, like all the stuff. Like he's made. Uh, Dave's a big shake. deal. Dave's a big Dave's deal. a big deal. He's a big deal. So. He says that he is going to leave Disney and work for the Hollis Company. Okay? Okay. So he's, he's leaving Disney completely. They're both investing in the company, and he's going to work as part of the Hollis Company. However, he states, this is public, he states that he is not going to join the company unless he is the CEO. Okay. Okay? So I wanted to play a quick clip of so, her. So- Wait, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to play a quick clip. Okay. Of her, and then I'll obviously let you uh, tell me what you think. Okay. But this clip, I think, even her tone says kind of what I'm thinking, but also maybe some other stuff. 
All right, let me just pull this up here. This decision, I had to step down as CEO, which was very hard for my ego. <laughs> very hard. So he's hard. the CEO. He's the CEO. Otherwise, um, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. So, yeah, he told his wife, uh-huh. who started this million-dollar company, okay. that she had to step down as CEO so he could be the CEO of the company. Well, that's godly. Okay. That's that's how it's supposed to be run, though. I mean, like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. You got yourself a Christian self-help book. Mm-hmm. Why are you out here complaining? Okay. Why don't you manifest a husband who wants to only be the CFO instead of the CEO? You couldn't manifest that, could you, Rachel Hollis? Oh, wow. So... Papa Zanny and pray on it. Wow. Hey what? now, hey now, hey now. Um, so they started. Uh, the now they're together. They're doing everything together. Okay, okay so their marriage is falling apart. No, <laughs> <laughs> what? Put that in the back of your your brain. <laughs> Put that. Write that down as a note. <laughs> write okay, that down. write that down. Marriage need done. That. When did you form this company? Uh, you joined 2018. in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay. Marriage fails. <laughs> so hold that thought for later. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't. There's a difference between, like, when we started this podcast, right? Yeah. We started it together. Mm-hmm. And I know, I'm I'm completely aware of what the people come to for the podcast. Yeah. It's you, baby. Oh, babe. Everybody comes to the podcast for Mrs. Pearlmania. Babes. They come to hear how Mrs. Pearlmania reacts to what I research. Uh-huh. They come to hear what Mrs. Pearlmania researches. Mm-hmm. In fact, I get random messages would you please shut up while she's talking? <laughs> like, it can happen. I get them. I'm the one sending those messages. Oh, okay. I've been making all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, I'm completely aware, but also, like, we started this as a... It, it's like when you... It's like it's like when you have a relationship, right? And you move into that person's apartment. Mm-hmm. Doomed. If the two of you move together into yeah. a place... Then you're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if that person's been living there for two years, they know where the things go. They have like thoughts about the decorations. Now I got to change my whole life. And for some people it can work. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but like in the most part, my experience. So she's been running her own company for 10 years, Mm -hmm. right? 10 plus years. Yeah. And now this guy's going to come in. He's like, I want to be the CEO. And he's from that fucking C-suite executive grind set mindset Mm -hmm. where he's like, no, Top CEO gets to make decisions. And I guarantee you the reason he wanted to be CEO of this company is not only because he wants to have complete control, but also because at Disney, while he was important, there was always someone above him. Yeah. And he is damned. Dave Hollis would be damned if his wife, if he's going to work for his fucking wife to sell these fucking bad bad cookbooks about fucking mayonnaise. And then she's out here fucking on Instagram telling people she's doing Xanax for foster kids. He don't even want foster kids. He works for fucking Disney. If he wanted a kid, he could get a kid. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not. Look, hold on. Listen, where's, Rhonda. Where's, where's the. Be- Allegedly. Okay. That was for all that whole section. I'm going to hit it again. <laughs> Allegedly. That's the whole section. Allegedly. The whole podcast. So guess what they did? The first kind of thing they did with their new company they're okay. running together they started a subscription-based online coaching st- service called start today it was a daily live stream where they would talk about like motivational talking about relationships and entrepreneurial things oh no yeah and guess what what it was very successful they made 20 million dollars in the first year what are your thoughts me and you babes <laughs> You want to get motivational? <laughs> oh, 
Anyway, I'm kidding. Um, I'm so disgusted. <laughs> They're making $20 million a year on MLM grifts. They still can't get a... Okay. Okay. So then... Uh, maybe the system works. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, I was only kidding. Also, we couldn't ever be lifestyle gurus because we get too grumpy. Maybe like our daily li- a daily live stream. Every day, wake every up. Every day? Every day, wake up and have to be like, guys, you can do it. Kiss your husband every day. No, I would never be able to do that. Absolutely not. Fuck Ugh. off. So they st- she also starts a lifestyle company. Um, well, no, it was like a lifestyle women's conference company. And the women's conferences were called Rise. And so she would do these big conferences where she would speak, you know, kind of like a Pentecostal preacher. And she would speak to all the, the gals I hate this. about, you know, empowering themselves and good vibes and positivity. So she gets up for four hours and says nothing. Yeah. And, and these people paid probably two or three hundred dollars for it. Yes, exactly. That very I much. hate this. She the also- 20 million dollars is that that's got to be top. <laughs> no, no, that's top line revenue, though. Right. That's not before expenses. I mean, like the actual take home. I don't can't know. be 20 mil. I don't know. I, I'm just but the thing about prosperity gospel is you have to say 20 mil because you have to show how successful you well, are well yeah that's what I'm saying though it's like that's top yeah so line. I don't know if they're talking about without expenses and all that stuff but that's what they reported 20 million dollars in the first year I hate them so allegedly so I allegedly they hate also started making journals like pretty journals that got sold at Target and jewelry. Oh, so you can manifest in your journal? You have to write in your journal. It's for your manifestations and your positive vibes. And so those were incredibly successful as well. For a long time, there was like a Rachel Hollis section in Target. It was a thing that happened. How did I miss it? We would go to Target all the time. Because I wasn't walking to the Rachel Hollis section of Target. Ew. Ugh. So she also got, she sold jewelry. I think it was at Target too. Um, And then she got a clothing line on QVC. No. Yeah. And the clothing line no. is exactly what you think it is. It's all like the wide brim hat and like the. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that. It's Instagram sunflower girl. Yeah. It's, I, I know who these people are. They're yeah. all the same person. All you ever do is describe <laughs> the same person to me 60,000 times. And then around the hour mark and you go and I'm like, OK, but then that failed. Right. You're like twenty seven million dollars. <laughs> So, listen, you thought that those things were making money, right? You thought that was making money, what I was just talking about. Actually, she, she found even more successful way to get her messaging out there. And guess how she did it? No, wait, don't guess. I'm going to tell you. She started doing speaking engagements at MLM events. So when Beachbody was having their big event where they had all the Beachbody gals, babes or whatever they're called, the, the hey huns come and like they have to go there for like three days to the convention they would pay rachel hollis to come speak to them to the ladies in the audience for three hundred thousand dollars per appearance shut the fuck up what the fuck three hundred what are you talking no no we're taking a break we're taking a fuck three hundred thousand dollars no, wait, we're good. I got, no, no, we're going, I'm hitting the bumper. I hope you gotta take a you break. Fucking... <laughs> and we're back. Uh, my Are you poly- okay now? I'm a little better. 
<laughs> I'm a little better. I had to go walk away. Yeah, I take a quick break. Yeah, because she's gotten three hundred thousand dollars. Listen, before we get back into it, no, no, I know, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm. This is my bridge into it. Yeah, because we're. I, I have shows coming up. Yeah, you do. I, I'm not getting three hundred thousand no. dollars per appearance. I have a show tonight, which most people won't be able to make it to, but that's a Punchline Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have another show at Punchline Philly. When? May 28th. Oh, okay. I'm going to be opening up for Benny Feldman. Oh, right. Uh, he's a very, very funny he's comedian. So funny. He has Tourette's. He does a lot of one, one-liners. He's mm. a really, really great guy. Yeah. Uh, so Punchline Philly. And then I'm also going to be in Philly uh, May 26th mm-hmm. at Frankie Bradley's. Yep. Uh, it's going to be run through Next Inline Comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'll have links to that on my Instagram and uh, all those fun things. We should probably get a link tree or something. Yeah, for the... sure. Maybe I should just get a website. Oh, that means I got to make a website. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know how to do any no. of that stuff. But you know who does know how to do it? Who? Our next sponsor, Squarespace. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We... Squarespace yeah, won't pay us in knives. Yeah. Oh, see? Yeah. Listen, I don't need American currency. Yeah. I need knives. But you know what we should do is, what? and because I was talking to, his name was Dusk. Yeah. And he was like, you guys really need to plug your other stuff. Yeah. So obviously you can follow us, and I know many of you already do, Pearlmania500 on Instagram, TikTok, all those different things. Yeah. What is Mrs. Pearlmania's That's Instagram? it. Mrs. Pearlmania500. Is it Mrs. Dot Pearlmania 500 I believe? No. Hold on. Oh, wait. You're right. There is a dot because it's like you're spelling Mrs. Pearlmania. Yeah. Wait, let me look. Yeah, yeah you it's Mrs. Dot Pearlmania five hundred on Instagram. There you go. That's how they can follow you, and that way you they can I'm, get updates on book I'm club. I'm one follower away from five hundred. Oh, look at that! Yeah, yeah, you're close. I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, we uh, that's that's where we post a lot of our stuff. Uh, obviously, I have a Twitter account. I do Don't not go use there. it. Don't go I do there. not use it. Do not if you go, go to, to my Twitter. If you go to my Twitter, it will tell you I don't use it. Yeah. Go follow me other places. <laughs> yeah, don't go to Including Twitter. Tumblr at Pearlmania500. Oh, not the Tumblr. This not what... I have 300 Tumblr <laughs> followers, okay? And only 200 of them are porn bots, okay? Because <laughs> Tumblr has a terrible issue with porn bots. Oh, man. They are like inundated with porn bots. All right, are we getting back to the story here? Yeah, okay. So you, you broke my brain yeah. with mm-hmm. 300,000... I want to let you know something. A Go big ahead. issue they have with politicians is oftentimes when they retire from politics, mm-hmm. they will start going, especially presidents will do public speaking things. And mm-hmm. it's clearly a way for them to be have money funneled to them. Yeah. So, you know, you have somebody like Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, uh, George W. Bush, all these different people, Obama, when they retire from politics, they go on these speaking tours. And in reality, it's a way for lobbyists to funnel money mm-hmm. back to these politicians after these guys have already done what they've done. Yeah. Or a way for them to pay them off by saying, hey, we're going to give you you know, $250,000 to speak at this event. And then maybe you can call your friends who are still in the Senate and pass the bill so that way we can make more tanks. It sounds like you're just talking about JOLO booking out shows. Basically. But this lady... Mm-hmm. Rachel Hollis yep. is getting more than a Clinton to tell people who are already in MLMs mm-hmm. to MLM harder. Yep. You know what's funny you brought that up? Because I got a video clip I want to show you. Okay. Of her speaking at one of these engagements. Okay. Oh, okay. Now the audio is a little weird because obviously it's a live event. But the one thing you need to know is there's a woman in this audience um, I think this is Beachbody. I don't remember. Um, there's a woman in the audience who has raised her hand and said that her sister isn't talking to her because her sister is concerned that she has fallen into a pyramid scheme. Okay, the multi-level marketing <laughs> the mar- pyramid yeah, the multi-level. So her, this woman in the audience's sister is like, hey, listen, I'm worried about you. 
I think you're being scammed. Okay. okay. And she's raised her hand and she said this to Rachel Hollis at this event. Okay. All right. And then I'm going to play you a clip of the response. All right. This is Rachel Hollis's response to this is the multi-level marketing. Okay. Also, you can't obviously can't see it, but the woman is crying, so she can't actually answer because she's so overwhelmed with emotion at Rachel Hollis's positive support uh-huh. um, and her messaging of cut clearly, off your family member. Clearly, man. your sister's just judging you, and you should cut her off because she's toxic, so that you can focus on your MLM pyramid scheme. This is uh, this is some Scientology shit, allegedly, um, because. Yeah, I mean that's 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 classic cult shit. Yep. Hey, Cut some, off the family. someone in my family said that this is a little culty and this might be hurting me. Only someone who wants to hurt you would tell you that this is hurting you. Yeah. This, that's so wild. So what? Well, you know what though? You know what she just proved to me? What? She's worth a three hundred. Ah, damn it! No, because I mean, listen. If there's a woman who gets up and gives a very valid question, mm-hmm. an incredibly valid question. Yeah. And Rachel Hollis hit her with so much bullshit. That the woman was in tears, couldn't respond, got the room full of people to cheer. I mean, like, listen. Money's worth. Money's worth. Grifter's going to do a good grifting job. She's the Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) Of grifting. Of grifting. Um, In 2019, uh, she gets called out for plagiarism. Okay. Rachel Hollis plagiarized someone? So there's a lot of calls for plagiarism. There's like, she wrote her next book. Um, oh my God, I didn't even write the name of it because I just didn't even care. Like <laughs> her second book, she's still like, somebody was like, I think she stole the name from a different gal or it was like Girls Stop Apologizing. And there was another author that three years earlier had make, made a book called like, hey, get ladies, stop apologizing. Like okay. it's like, it was a, it was a close enough it's one. It's too close. And you're like, uh. so there's all these like bubblings and rumblings of plagiarism all over the internet. Hold right? on. Allegedly. Okay. And... Her Instagram, like I know we've talked about her bikini one, but her Instagram is exactly what you think it is. Her Instagram is the Instagram described in the Bo Burham song. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. White lady Instagram? that. It's very that, okay? And um, so I, I, there's one instance of plagiarism that happened on her Instagram that I have to bring up. And it made me laugh so hard when I was researching the plagiarism thing because... (laughs) How do you plagiarize an Instagram? Oh, oh, buckle up your little uh, office chair right there, babe. Okay. So I want to. I'm gonna paint you the picture. It's her. She uh, has on a chunky gray sweater. Okay. She's her eyes are looking down. Her head's looking down, but she's smiling. Right. So she's like in her chunky sweater. She's smiling, but her eyes are looking down. And then the caption just says, "Still, dot dot dot, I rise." Okay. That's it. Okay. 
Isn't that like a Maya Angelou Yeah, it's a Dr. Maya Angelou quote. Okay. <laughs> of incredibly famous yeah. Dr. Maya Angelou quote. Yeah, isn't that having to do with like civil rights? Uh, like, <laughs> like it, yeah, it's from like Why the Cage Bird Sings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, like, so she uh, just put that on there. Didn't write like dash Dr. Dr. Maya, Maya Angelou. Angelou. You know, like just still I rise. Still I rise. Okay, so. Um, okay. You know, did she apologize? Do you think she did? No, absolutely not. No, she blamed her social media team. Oh, okay. Okay, it was her social I, media team. That's my favorite move, by the way. Mm-hmm. If, would politicians fuck up on social media? Yeah. It's always the unnamed staffer. Yeah, the unnamed staffer took the fall for this one. Yep. She did eventually, like a while later, make a post about it with like a little heart. And it was like, I didn't mean it. It's blah, blah. Like, I'm going to do better to make sure that my team doesn't do these things. Okay. You know, but she doesn't really take ever full responsibility. What Dave have to say about this? Who? The CEO, Dave. Oh, Dave. Listen, Dave and Rachel around the same time launch a podcast as married couples do. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Do not reach you. out towards me. I love you. Do not. Uh, the fact that you put me <laughs> in the same realm as these people. Uh, so they launched this podcast, and it's a couples podcast all about relationships and how to be better entrepreneurs. So they're still sticking to that same brand that they started with that live streaming subscription thing. Yeah. But this is their podcast where they talk about the same fucking Mindset, grindset, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Make sure that you manifest. Yeah. And make sure you have people over. Your friends are actually just monetization units. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I get it. They start doing relationship retreats slash conferences. So just like those public speaking things she was doing for the thing called Rise and just like these MLM things where they're on stage, they start holding them um, for their... Kind of like their podcast, Rise Together. Right? That's what, That's what the podcast is called. Rise, Rise Together. To- mm-hmm. Ugh. So... At Remember the, how Ed Sheeran just got sued by like the uh, the writers uh, for Marvin Gaye? Yeah, yeah. Maya Angelou's got family. <laughs> Get her. I want to see Maya Angelou's family drag Rachel Hollis oh. through court. Listen, yes. Okay, so the also real quick. Okay, another side thing. Mm. It drives me crazy how Target Pentecostal people, mm-hmm. right? Like people who were like, I'm I'm super religious and they only go to Target every fucking day. Yeah. They're always a member of a church. It's never like St. Dom's or St. John's or, you know, the, the Mother Mother Mary Holy Chapel or some shit like that. Oh, I don't think it, they believe in saints like that. No, I know, I know. But it's always something like Rise or Calvary or yeah. some. It's always like a one word thing. Yeah. Which is always then the same name as their fucking brand. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. these churches are always never tied to an actual thing. It's always just Listen, some sort of aspirational If you want me quote. to do an episode on Hillsong, I'll do it. Okay. I'm just waiting for Hang In There, Kitty Chapel. Okay. <laughs> Like, because so, they're all just motivational posters that have been made into buildings that are used as tax havens. Yes. Hello. Welcome Fuck. to this podcast. So these conferences that they're having for relationship retreats, okay, the Rise Together, uh, each ticket cost $1,700. $1,700? Per ticket. That's the, what's the Ticketmaster fee? <laughs> I don't even think I used Ticketmaster. I just fucking Alex, what? Alex, you're gonna or you're gonna have a conniption today. This is gonna happen. This is listen. Remember how last episode, right? Yeah. We talked about the Spanish Inquisition, auto defaze, torture, all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is worse. I know. <laughs> I would rather be just. I would rather be tied to a stake and lit on fire 
after being disemboweled <laughs> than listen to this. Well, guess what? Dave wrote a book too. Shut the fuck up. Who gives a fuck about Dave? Well, listen, I uh, found the Washington Post review of his book because again, I'm not reading his oh book. Oh my God. His book is called Get Out of Your Own Way by Dave Hollis. What does that even mean? All I know is that their books are always telling you stuff. They're like, girl, wash your face. Get out of your own way. They're all very bossy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read you the Washington Post review because it is exceptional. Whoever okay. wrote this review, I probably should look at the author, uh, didn't like the book is what I'm saying. And Good. also didn't like Dave Hollis. Okay. Good. <laughs> so it says two thirds of the way into this self-help bestseller, get out of your own way. Dave Hollis tells a story about how he became a better husband. His wife, Rachel Hollis, the massively successful self-help guru of the moment, told him she was pursuing a lucrative deal for her company. Dave scoffed. He said, there's a 3% chance that'll happen, he told her. Months later, Rachel presented him with a gift you got me. And when she opened the box, it was a bracelet with a charm that read 3% stamped on it for her to wear because she had landed the deal. Okay. Um, And in quotes, this is from the book. He said, now that's a masterclass on effective passive aggression. Thank God for that and her. Dave writes, strangely triumphant. Passive aggression can be effective, no doubt, but only in Hollisville where you'll find somebody who will tell you it's the path to a healthy marriage. But Dave's path to enlightenment usually only requires Dave. The Hollises promote a philosophy of hardcore bootstrapping. There's little that's wrong with you that can't be fixed by digging deep into yourself. That includes his problems with drinking, which Dave learned to manage after another drill sergeant lecture from Rachel. This is quotes. Stop talking about it and start doing something about it. You're in control of your life. A home gym and buddies who encourage me to drink the crap out of sparkling water. It's in talking about his learning process that things get odd with Dave Hollis. He seems to take a masochistic pleasure in Rachel's tough love lectures, sharing and always be closing emails she sent him demanding that he step up his game. Quotes, you are massively talented and it's not going to be enough to get you where you want to be or this company where we want it to go. We grow like warriors as fast as our business does or we'll never turn it into what we know it can be. I love you. He writes that this message was magic. But Hollis's way, uh, but the Hollis way is to attract a crowd, not create community. The main path to glory in Hollisville is a steroidal self-reliance rooted in extreme honesty about your shortcomings. Honesty is a virtue, of course, but for all the Hollis's talk about extreme candor, their vulnerability almost always is a function of image management. Success, Dave writes, demands, in quotes, being conscious at all times of how your actions and your hoped-for reception align to deliver the personal brand you aspire to. Quote, vulnerability is meaningless only to the extent that it sells. One senses that if being vulnerable stopped selling for the Hollises, they'd soon pivot to sell something else. Every chapter of Get Out of My Way closes with a takeaway section headlined, Things That Helped Me. At first, this seems like an act of modesty, an acknowledgement that what worked for him won't necessarily work for you. But ultimately, it's narcissistic, a way for him to tell stories about his ongoing growth and fulfillment. 
the mountains he's climbed, the revenue targets he's hit, the frame and frame it as actionable advice. Success in Hollisville isn't becoming a better person who's more engaged in the world. It's craven uh, careerism. It's admiration and money. It's running your flaws through the sparkly Instagram filter. It's thinking you're improving when spite dangles off your wife's wrist. Jesus. First thing, yeah. my first takeaway, they clearly have ghostwriters. Yeah. They clearly have ghostwriters who hate them. Mm -hmm. But also, so he admits that he's an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. She's admitted that she's an alcoholic who loves, mm -hmm. loves Xanax. Yeah. They're both just drinking heavily constantly and screaming I think he at does, each other. He does get sober and so does she, but they do it. With self on their own, but they do it through bootstrappy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know, which is yeah. it's just fine. Mm -hmm. But it's also, but they they still both are dry, drunk, wet brains. Okay, <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's just you know. Uh, let me hit the button. Allegedly, <laughs> I mean, these are two fucking psychopaths mm -hmm. who found each other. But you know what's funny is, you, have you ever seen the movie Any Given Sunday? No. All right, so that's a movie uh, I think Oliver Stone made. Uh, back in like late 90s, early 2000s. And it's about a football team that's mm -hmm. owned by like Al Pacino. And there is uh, Jamie Foxx is like a second string quarterback who becomes like a star because the first string gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do is they show this scene at night where the first string quarterback, he's like doing rehab. He's trying to get healthy so he can get back on the field. Yeah. And he's like an older quarterback. Like he's supposed to be like a Dan Marino type. Okay. And his wife comes in and he's like talking and, the, you know, they've always had this as sold as like a loving marriage. And she just starts physically abusing him and calling him a coward mm -hmm. and that he's weak. And like, that's what I'm getting from Dave. Mm. Like Dave did everything to do the C-suite executive type side of things, which should be enough. Mm -hmm. But his wife is a crazy sociopathic narcissist who wants it all mm -hmm. and who constantly wants to be the center of attention. Yeah. And Dave is also like a psycho, mm -hmm. but he, he had like, there was a set goal that should have been good enough. Yeah. And instead of getting someone who was meek and easy to control, he, he got Uno reversed mm -hmm. and now he doesn't know how to deal with it. So he's pretending like he's still in control. Yeah. Hence the need for the CEO title. But, but she probably forced him to write the book. Probably. Listen, you know? opinion only. We're just talking opinions. This guys. is all opinions. This is all conjecture, y'all. All right. So leave about it. Dave Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> so April, April 30th, 2020. Okay. okay. Today on the podcast, Dave Hollis and I are discussing how quarantine has affected our makeout sessions. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that I just want to give you a little brief. We're getting into 2020s, where we're seeing how their podcast this is, is like responding. Five weeks into it. Okay. Five weeks into into lockdown. Remember, lockdown was Listen, around March. April 30th. How's their makeout sessions going? Okay. May 22nd, they she posted a video saying, although she knows she's privileged, she misses the world and wants to get out back into it. You Cause know, she wants to make $300,000 for a speaking engagement. May 22nd, May 23rd. She posts, um, about not listening to the haters and raising her family to do the same and plugs her newest journals and their new cute designs at target. Okay. okay. That was May 23rd. On May 25th, George Floyd is murdered by the police. Okay. I don't like where this is going. We never hit the no Nazi button. Um, so on social media, everyone starts commenting. 
where do you stand do you support black people do you support black lives matter on everything and so like this is across the board yeah i think we all witness this everybody that was on social media if you had any social media presence everyone wanted to know number one where you fucking stood Mm -hmm. and if you stood in alignment with civil rights and humanity they wanted people were demanding that everyone use their platform to raise the voices of the marginalized that's what's happening in every comment section across america yeah you have a platform use it that was just what was happening right yep. and so on her social media the same because here's a woman who's been speaking about empowerment positivity doing what's right bootstrap bootstrap and so everybody's like say something use your platform you have all these followers you have all these different outlets to get your messaging out there right um (laughs) i mean do we know if her vague mantras and motivational stuff can solve racism i don't think it can but but her followers think it could yeah they're like we're gonna that's the one thing it's that's yeah this is just like you know what this feels like but when people who are raised super religious right mm -hmm. who are taught like the tenants of of Christianity, right? Yeah. And they're taught Jesus's lessons and all those different things. Yeah. And then they hit their mid twenties and they are acting like Jesus. And their parents turn to them and are like, "Why are you acting like a fucking communist right yeah. now?" And they're like, "But you what said, are you into that socialism, feeding the poor? You said do unto others as I would have done unto me. Yeah, but I want the other people to hurt. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what mm-hmm. this is giving the feeling of. Mm-hmm. And so her her true believers are like, "Hey, I read into your shit that like we should have." you know, equality and opportunity for everyone. Yeah. I think we should be things. able to girl boss racism away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she didn't post on social media for five days. Everybody's Did, commenting. She posts every day. Yeah. Every day she posts something. YouTube videos. Instagram. Daily live streams. Live streams. Podcasts. Five days on, I specifically think it was Instagram. She didn't post, but she was very active before. Yeah. Doesn't say anything. When okay. she does come back to social media, she posts a picture of her black friend with her black friend's father and shared her friend's posts verbiage. So it was an opportunity for this other person to use a platform, which is really good, right? Like here's yeah, yeah. these two people who get to get their message out and use this huge platform to get the messaging out. Yeah. However, Rachel still hasn't said anything. Yeah. Right. Like Rachel hasn't spoken one way or the other. So, The next day after that, Rachel finally makes a post addressing George Floyd's murder and uh, systemic racism overall. She does use this terrible analogy about gardening tomatoes, about like the way that we grow in our soil and the nutrients and how some people grow in different soil. You know, okay. Um, Which again is like that very, this is, okay, I think I figured out what disturbed me about it is like, there's this thing with um, prosperity gospel, right? Like, if you get things like wealth and money and cars and that they say that you're blessed, right? I've been blessed. I've been blessed by God to have this big house. I've been blessed to have money and I've been blessed to have these things. But the other side of that coin inherently means that the other people that are poor are not blessed, that God does not love them. That they're cursed. They're cursed. And so, and that they must be bad because like, look how good I am. I'm such a good person that God has blessed me with wealth, which means these poor people must have done something wrong. They deserve to be poor because they're obviously bad people. That's why God hasn't blessed them. And that's the thing about prosperity gospel that I really hate. It's the same thing that feeds into the morality of food. When people are like, I eat clean, I'm clean eating. So then inherently you're saying other people are eating dirty. Yeah. And so the way that she's describing it, with this tomatoes analogy is like they grew up in different dirt. So they aren't 
the, like they're not as good. Which is like... Uh, and she's trying to be... Like she's trying to make it good and I understand what she was aiming for. But, but, her, but it has a blood and soil her, feel to it. Her own it's horse literally blinders, called blood and soil. Yeah, her own horse blinders keep her from understanding about why it's so tone deaf and bad. Yeah. Um, because we're talking about people, not tomatoes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like that's the thing. That's the thing with all metaphors is whenever yeah. you're doing a metaphor about anything and you, you and you remove the humanity involved with it. Yeah. Like you don't need a metaphor about people. Yeah. Talk about people. To quote the Muppets. <laughs> Peoples is peoples. Peoples is peoples. Fucking quote the Muppets. Oh, God, listen. And she's out here talking about tomatoes? Lady, um, your your whole gospel is based on pre-potato times. <laughs> All right. Oh, pre-potato. What a hard time. Yeah. So um, her comment section. Now, again, we've been talking about comment section. Now, her yeah. comment section on this one blows the fuck up. Good or bad. Because all of her Christian middle America ladies love cops and so they're mad that she does come out and says like this is wrong he was murdered she talks about uh ahmaud aubrey being murdered like how this is awful and we need to fix these things and so her comment section goes fucking wild with people that are racist whether they realize it or not talking about how you know they side with the police and blah 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 and they, you know, they're not going to support her anymore. They're unfollowing. They're not going to buy her books anymore. You know, the whole thing. But also, also, the other half of the comments is everybody being like, yo, this really isn't it either. This gardening analogy is really fucking whack, dude. Like, so <laughs> everybody's mad at her. So she got Bud Lighted. She got Bud Lighted big. She got, so, she 100% got Bud Lighted. She tried to do a thing to be like, all right, let's just get past this. And she... She did not land no. so hard mm-hmm. that she enraged everyone. It was a real girl wash your face moment. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so you here's know, the part that's here's the part that's ahead. frustrating, right? It's like even if she loses a lot from this, yeah, she should still have so much money that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but she also is a narcissist who needs the attention. Yeah, allegedly. You know what's crazy? Because I'm about to talk about her employees. So, um, you know she. Releases apology. She comes out. She says all these things. She's like, we're going to work to be better. I'm going to work to learn more. She does the thing that people do in corporate America. Where Especially like, in 2020. In we 2020, had a lot of, we need to be listening. We, we need to be raising more voices. Learning, all that stuff. And Nothing fundamentally is going to change, to quote Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, God. So she announces, they have a 50-person staff at Hollis Co., Okay. Okay. So she announces that everyone in their 50 person company will be completing anti racist training. Okay. Former staff have come out and said that they did attend that training, but Rachel did not show up. Okay. And she had to release a statement said that she took the training separately before them and alone. Okay. Just so you know. Okay. But yeah, her. Okay. What else? Um, she writes out a heartfelt apology. No, she doesn't write out a heartfelt. I wrote a note here. It says she did not write out a heartfelt apology. Take accountability for anything. <laughs> yeah, so she doesn't. She doesn't do any of that specific stuff. Yeah. She just says the very corporate. We're gonna. We're gonna work in our company. We're gonna build this out. But like, are we donating to the ACLU? Are we taking accountability? You know, we're not doing any of that. No. Please come on. Um. So. A few days after that, on June 7th, she shares a picture of her and Dave, smiling, happy couple. And it says, guys, I have some hard news to share. 
she announces the end of her marriage. Boom! Yes! I fucking nailed it! I fucking nailed it on this one! Give me... Let me get my fucking He can't even get his up. buttons working. He's so excited. Oh, yeah. I knew it. I fucking so, knew it. They couldn't. Wait, wait, when was the date? What was the date? June 7th. June 7th? They couldn't even make it a full three months of lockdown. Mm-hmm. Three months of lockdown. They were fucking The done. pandemic makeout sessions weren't doing it. But here's the thing. It's by June 7th, right? Like, people mm-hmm. were taking to the streets, right? Yep. There were mass protests. And if part of it was, like, you needed to get out. Focus on something else. Take your mind off of it. Like, there was finally an opportunity. Like, everyone... And they're what? They're, like, in L.A., right? Yeah. Like, there were massive protests in L.A. You mm. could have just gone outside, focused on something different, have a fucking distraction to keep your awful narcissistic marriage going a little bit longer. But these two morons couldn't look outside themselves long enough. I'm sure, I'm sure that the fucking booze and pills were flowing this entire time because there's nothing else to fucking do. No, no, <laughs> they're, I, they're not... I think that they're both... Uh, sober. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's it's hard. Okay. I'm not gonna hit the button. The on The gray one. area. I, I'm just saying, in my fucking opinion, in my fucking opinion, during this time, one of them had a fucking really hard time with it. Okay. <sighs> and these are two bags of shit people who I do not fucking care for. Who I want to point out. One hour, twenty nine minutes, and fifty four seconds ago, I had no fucking clue of who this lady was. She was not a part of my life. But I cannot stand her and Dave. May Rachel and Dave rest in piss. Leave me alone. Okay? $300,000 to tell some lady to stop talking to her fucking sister because you're involved in an MLM that's destroying your fucking life? Wash your face, girl. Wash your face. Okay. So, um... There's a lot of spikes, but I'm looking over at the board. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yelling. So she posts a video uh, like a month later. She's crying, talking about how she's going through a tough season of life. You know, um, also, wait, it, they did admit later in another book she wrote um, that they had been having problems for years in their marriage. Of course. For years. Of course. Including when they were fostering and trying to adopt. They had been having troubles during the adoption process. Yeah. And so, you know, again, talking shit on uh, foster parents who are going through so much and then to like, Legitimately being almost at the end of your marriage and trying to bring a foster child into that. Yeah. Just hypocrisy. So mad about it. They're pathological liars. That's Uh, the thing is everything that they fucking say, right? Especially the the ones, if somebody isn't a fucking therapist or a licensed marriage counselor or have any sort of deep training with dealing with other people's relationships, mm -hmm. they can only use their own because again, they're such narcissists that all they're fucking talking about is what they believe works for their marriage because their marriage is still them. It's always themselves. It's always themselves. Themselves fixing it in them only. They can't look out. No. Like there's a reason why we don't do a fucking marriage podcast. Oh my God. Because it wouldn't be fun. No. Because it would be you complaining about my fucking <laughs> socks being everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be me being like, well, listen, <laughs> your diseases aren't fun at parties. Like, that would be our entire fucking podcast. Okay, so and she it, can't eat soft pretzels and ruins a good time. Yeah, that's 100%. But I'm just saying, like, these people always, because they're always looking for a fucking grift, mm-hmm. and they know what are, what's one of the hardest things in the world. Being in a successful relationship. Because I want to give everybody a hint. A relationship isn't successful. You know what the, the definition of success is? Mm. Being being in a relationship. Because it, even not being a relationship is a success. 
managing your own fucking life in a way that gives you happiness and joy and makes you want to fucking wake up every day and not walk out of that fucking cubicle that you're sitting in because some dude named fucking Gary, six fucking cubicles down from you, every fucking day is obsessed with sports because his life is fucking shit. And you just want to look at him one day as you both walk out of the office to go on a fucking lunch break and you look at him dead in the eyes as you walk into traffic and get creamed by a fucking truck because you know that's going to ruin Gary's fucking day because he'll never be able to talk about the fucking St. Louis Cardinals again because the last thing he said to you was, I think they're really going to make it this year. And you go, yo, yeah. And you walk out as you get fucking creamed by a Whole Foods 18-wheel tractor trailer. See, you could be a motivational speaker. I could do too much fucking shit. Okay. I will be a punchline filly on May 28th. <laughs> um, Opening for a man with Tourette's. He's going to do an hour. I'm doing 10 minutes. <laughs> but if people show up, then that I can do an hour later. I can yeah. prove that I'm a draw. Yeah, you're a draw. So um, here's the thing. She July 26th. Again, we're still going July 26th. Dave makes an Instagram post because Dave also has his own social media. He's still doing the same thing. Of course. So he has a social. What's he going to do? Go back to Disney? He makes an Instagram post. And in it, he states that Rachel asked for the divorce, Mm -hmm. stating that she needed to grow without him. And he admits that he relapsed on drinking when this happened. Don't cheer. Fucking. No. I called it. I'm moving on. I called it. Stop. Okay. So, this could feel like an authentic post from anyone other than a former Disney CEO and Dave Hollis, Mm -hmm. right? Because the very next day, July 27th, was the release date for Rachel's new book. And the book's title was, Didn't See That Coming. In the book, didn't see that coming. Now this, okay, so again, he posts that and then everybody on the internet get, that likes Rachel Hollis and Dave gets upset because Rachel spin the story that like it was amicable because they've been yeah. selling their relationship yeah. for so long that nobody was, everybody was mad that Rachel's the one that ended the relationship and that, you know, they're concerned for Dave and blah, blah, blah. And so he painted himself as the victim and centered himself as the victim. Yeah, of course. So then she had bad press when the book came out. But so on one hand, was he trying to knock her legs out from under because he's pissed? Or also, is it rage marketing because they both own the company, right? Is yeah. he's trying to sell the book. Anyway, the book comes out. People start reading it because she has so many fans. And I'm going to read you a quote from this book. Okay? It's important. From the book, Didn't See, Didn't that, see coming that Coming by Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis. Okay. So in one of her chapters, she's talking about, you know, getting inspired to find more money, more ways to make money. Okay. Because she doesn't have enough. She's helping you learn how to make money, babe. So it says, I am positive someone is going to read this and be inspired to go to the internet and search new ways to make money. And four weeks later, her starter kit for a small business she just, in quotes, started that cost her $700 arrives at the door. Don't be dumb. Figure out ways to make money that don't require money. So she fully attacks MLMs and pyramid schemes. Okay. Because that's how 
pyramid scheme mlms work yeah you buy a thing it costs you like 500 dollars entry they send the thing to your house and so in this book she calls people in mlms dumb openly and outright okay and so again all of her socials explode because again she's been on the mlm tour is this a face turn or is this her just being dumb like- i think it's her being dumb because it, it's not like she's coming out and then being like, listen, because I work for this company, they paid me this. And then no. people down line did this and then this destroyed them. She's just straight up like. She's like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Okay? She's like, that doesn't you, work. If you really want to be a true boss, be the top of the MLM. Yeah, basically. So that's she got a lot of heat for that. Right. So she's general heat brewing because a lot of these gals that like her are in MLMs. That's how they got into her. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. This in 2016, she taught them how to like cook taquitos with hot dogs to throw a special jewelry party you know what yeah, i mean yeah 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 these she built her base on these women and so for her and now to come she's out calling them idiots dumb. yeah yeah okay so everybody people are kind of mad, upset i do that to my audiences pretty regularly i know so here's the thing another instagram post comes up and this one happened i feel like it was 2021 i don't know it was very recent and I'm going to play you the video she posted on Instagram. Okay. So basically, she posted, uh, she made a post about um, the woman that is her house cleaner. And somebody commented on it being like, you're so privileged for talking about your house cleaner in the, in the way that she was talking about it, right? So Rachel posts a video in response to that woman. Okay, okay. And, and this video goes viral. Now, now, now oh. real quick, because mm-hmm. I, I, is this one of those ones where they like, she like, it has like their comment at the top? I'm going to read you her caption, I promise. Okay, gotcha. Okay? No, it's not a TikTok. It's an Instagram post. Yeah, but you can do those on Instagram now too. Yeah, I didn't no, know if you she could do didn't, she didn't put okay. the person's comment. Okay, let's see doing a live stream and I mentioned that there's a sweet woman who comes to my house twice a week and cleans. She's my, my house cleaner. She cleans the toilets. Someone commented and said, you are privileged AF. And I was like, you're right. I'm super freaking privileged, but also I worked my ass off to have the money to have someone come twice a week and clean my toilets. And I told her that. And then she said, well, you're unrelatable. (gasps) What is it about me that made you think I want to be relatable? No, sis. Literally everything I do in my life is to live a life that most people can't relate to. Most people won't work this hard. Most people won't get up at 4 a.m. Most people won't fail publicly again and again just to reach the top of the mountain. Literally every woman I admire in history was unrelatable. If my life is relatable to most people, I'm doing it wrong. Now, before you comment, because you should see uh, uh, Mr. Perlmania's face, uh, I just want to read you the caption. Okay. To the Instagram. To the Instagram. To that video. Okay. This is the caption. Harriet Tubman, RBG, Marie Curie, Oprah Winfrey, Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo, Malala Yousafzai, <laughs> Wu Zetan, all unrelatable AF, Happy Women's History Month. Did she just compare herself to Harriet Tubman? Yes. And Malala? Yep. They got shot at, lady. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? You putting yourself on the fucking same pedestal? As as, Harriet Tubman. As Oprah? I mean, maybe Oprah. You both run a pretty similar grift. (laughs) What? Frida Kahlo? 
Yeah. And the communist Frida Kahlo? Wu Zetan. She was the Chinese emperor. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's like a female the Empress Trump. Dowager. Dowager. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Was Dave the only thing keeping the ship from fucking tipping? So. This shit is so fucking crazy. That was an uh, atomic bomb. Yeah, because she's upscale down home was the yeah. original brand. Yeah. She's going so far off the fucking brand path at this point. That she's not relatable. Her comment told her she's not relatable. And then she was like, what makes you think I want to be relatable. I'm rich because of you fucking idiots who keep paying for MLMs. Mm-hmm. So um, she did release her first apology uh, in April. Of 21? Uh, I think I think we're in 21. I didn't write the time down, the yeah. date, but I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's on that image. Um, she makes her first apology, but I guess who, um, guess what the apology says. I, I can't even. It I, was her team. It was misinterpreted. Her team, she just like... She it, she blamed her. It's a video of her no, because, yelling because alone in her bedroom. She didn't bring up the video in the apology. She talked about the caption because so many people are like, are you comparing yourself to Harriet Tubman who traveled across America 12 plus times to free the slaves when you sell jewelry on QFC, QVC? Like, yeah, yeah, Harriet Tubman's nickname was Moses. Yeah. <laughs> like Harriet Tubman. I do like that story where we everybody found out Harriet Tubman punched babies so they wouldn't cry. That's funny. But anyway. No, um, no, they said, that's the thing is that's a misnomer. A, people yeah. said that she knocked out babies. Yeah. Like they, she gave them something yeah, so they wouldn't cry. But then the, but the, people the, turned me- it but the memes Harriet were just Tubman. Harriet Tubman punching babies. And that's funny. But the thing is, is knowing how uh, Rachel, Har- Hollis? <laughs> Rachel Hollis worked not well as a foster mom. I mean, maybe she and No, Harriet... no, no. God, I need like Allegedly. a I need a, a certain button that I can just You need a, you oh, need like a, a button. Thing, yeah, like we need a 5 you. second delay button for our podcast. I need you a 5 podcast. second delay button. Um so yeah, no, she we, she the only apology it, really it, was for the caption because everybody was like, "How are you like Harriet Tubman? How are you like Malalia yeah. who got shot for trying to get little girls education?" Yeah. Like, what are you talking Malala about? Malala wanted to read a book and someone shot her in the yeah. fucking face. So Hollis said that she mis- had misinterpreted what her team failed to do and they deleted the Instagram and she didn't mean to compare herself to the woman mentioned. I mentioned them I mentioned them, but comparing myself, I didn't mean to compare myself. Um, that's l- ludicrous. Um, she went on to respond to the backlash on the original video. And like, she said, she said, I should never posted it. I should listen to my gut. Here, here's, you know what, yeah. here's you know what she won't do. Mm. She won't do what the insane clown posse did. I'm dead serious. Okay. The insane clown posse famously, I think it was around 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was actually, it was before 2020, but you know, as, as people were really calling people out for like bad language, especially in songs and how some of these things really fucked up. Um, someone asked violent J or it was this shaggy. One of the guys, one of the insane clown posse guys. Hey, like you guys talk a lot about, you know, all these different things, but like you have a lot of songs where like you use gay slurs, you use the R word, you use like a lot of really bad language. And like, how do you talk to your kids about that? And one of them said, looked him dead in the eye and said, I tell my kids to tell their friends that their dad's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and like, what? He's like, yeah, didn't realize what the fuck I was doing at the time. Wish I could take it back. Can't. 
it exists. It's a part of my history. I'm a fucking moron. Yeah, he didn't like, know how magnets That's were. what you have to do. Like, just sit there. And the thing is, is narcissists like this can't have a piece of humility where they say, hey, I was trying to big up on this lady who was saying, listen, you're coming from a place of privilege by having a housekeeper, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. Who she didn't humanize in any way. No. He, she called her the lady that cleans my toilets. Yes. Mm. On top of that, mm-hmm. you then use this person to, again, make more money. Yep. And then when somebody pointed out that you have privilege about this and that you are not relatable because you have so much money now, which actually is trying to be helpful to you. Yeah. Because your brand is built is based on relatability. Yeah. And so she's pointing out to you, hey, the thing people like about you is that you're relatable. Your exact reaction is, fuck you. <laughs> you know? You think it, I want to be like you? You think I want to be relatable like you? It's like, turn, it's like turning to a race car driver, right? And mm-hmm. being like, hey, bud, just to let you know, um, you, you showed up here in a helicopter, and this is a car race. Yeah. And them turning to you and being like, do you think I want to be a fucking race car driver? I'm going to win this shit. And people are going to fucking cheer because my helicopter looks cool as fuck. And they're like, but it's a race car fucking race. Anyway, she also has another podcast. Okay. But it's like, it's just her. Yeah, of course. It's like the Rachel Hollis show. She can't rise above or whatever uh, with Dave. So she's on her own lady podcast, No Husband, and it's all about how to be productive and girl boss, empowered women, mm-hmm. the whole thing. I would love to read the analytics um, of these over time. So after this video, her analytics tank, okay? Yeah. Uh, she has those conferences she's been putting. All of her guest speakers cancel. Of course. Right? They're like, we don't want to be uh, part of her. Uh, she had, like, I guess been recorded an appearance on the Kelly Clarkson show, and the Kelly Clarkson PR team deleted all references to the episode. Like, I think the episode still aired, but all the commercials and tweets and social media posts about it were deleted. Yeah. As to not align Kelly Clarkson with her. That's crazy. Um, Hollis products disappeared from Target. So, like, the journals disappeared, the, the the books disappeared, except for, allegedly, when I was reading this, people kept finding the Dave Hollis book, but they wouldn't find any of the other books and journals and jewelry and stuff. Wow. So, Dave Hollis's book, still there. At, also, somewhere before this, she steps back into the CEO role, and he goes down the COO or CFO? Chief operating officer. Chief operating, I or think. Or chief financial. So yeah. he steps down to a lower thing and she takes back over as CEO. Okay. Okay. Um, Probably in the divorce. <sighs> February 11th, 2023. Oh my God, we're so close. Dave Hollis dies. Age 47, he had lethal amounts of cocaine, fentanyl, and alcohol in his system, and he dies. Oh, this uh, is why you didn't want me to cheer earlier. I really didn't want you to cheer so much okay. about the drug and alcohol. Okay, um, but I mean, I'm going to hit this button. What button? I'm going to hit this. No. That's for Dave. No. Dave, this is what happens when you girl boss too close to the sun. So here's the thing. I don't want to make light of Dave Hollis dying of a drug overdose or alcohol. The okay. whole thing, Okay. Okay. The thing that here's what happened when I started this Rachel Hollis deep dive. Yeah. I literally, very literally did not know that Dave died. Yeah. And I didn't know Dave died until this moment. As I was doing all this research, only this morning, one hour before we recorded, 
did I see an article that was like, oh, Dave Hollis passes away. How are his kids? And I was like, what do you, what? And so I was blindsided this morning by this information. But as I was reading through all of this and like putting it together in this little like um, document that I made to read to you is like the only thing that kept popping up to me after I got that information was that like this is that belief system of like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, radical independent behavior. Like that's the scary thing because like in my experience with alcohol and drugs and all of that, community is incredibly important. Yes. And like the the thing that they've been selling to everybody is this idea of you have to do it yourself. You can only do it for yourself. Everything is on you and you alone. And they're teaching this hyper-independence and they've been making so much money off of teaching people to be hyper-independent and never seek help in community that they've hurt themselves in such an incredible way. Yeah. Of like, if there's one thing that people struggling with anything need, it's community. And so it's like, they've been selling poison for years. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to speak on his death, but like, it seems like if he had more community, instead of just like, I'm going to bootstrap fix myself of my drug and alcohol addiction, it could have gone differently. But again, I don't want to speculate because I feel really bad that number one, I didn't know he died till this morning of drugs and alcohol and that you might have uh, shot an air horn at him relapsing. So that's a bummer. Um, I mean, I know you don't want to speak uh, badly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and I know that's, you know, that's part of, you know, who you are because you're a good person. Mm. Um, you know, you believe that, you know, people can change and they have a right to change and that uh, there's there's a lot of things that you have beliefs of. Um, to which I will say, ah, fuck you, Dave. Fuck you. I am honestly didn't know who you were uh, an hour and 50 minutes ago. And now I never will. Wow. Yeah. You know what, Dave? You made all that money. You worked for the Disney. You and your wife went and profited on all these people. And where are you now, Dave? You're in the dirt. Different dirt than the other people who were raised... You're in dirt that's different. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Because here's the thing. The one thing that always annoys me more than anything else is when you can't speak ill of the dead. I know. You know I don't agree with that because fuck Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can speak ill of the dead. But Dave is- I just feel bad because I didn't know while I was writing this. And I was like, bah, bah, bah. And then I was like, oh, no. Listen, if you didn't want me to hit the air horn, you could have told me a while ago that (laughs) Dave, Dave doesn't make it to the end. You could have looked me at any point in time and said, Dave's dead, babe. And then I would have maybe backed off. But I was living this life with you through these moments. We began at Al Gore rhythms. Mm-hmm. And we ended with Dave's dead. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm sure Rachel's now leaning in and talking about talking about this and monetizing mm-hmm. his corpse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she has rebranded herself, sort of, kind of. Yeah. She's doing the same grift. She like obviously took a break. But she's back now on different platforms. I think she's on TikTok now. But I'm sure. She's like re. No. She's repackaged herself as more likable. It's less. It's less Christian, and it's more like of the. It's it's, it's just like the same thing, but in like a different um, uh, font. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's the same thing. No, no, it, it, that's what all these guys do repeatedly. Mm-hmm. They always just move on to the next group because the biggest thing that's happened with social media is before, if you go back in the day, right, when you had to be on the Tonight Show to sell your wares, okay, mm-hmm. you had to be open for TV. You had to be. You were trying to get the biggest net. Yeah. You're casting a big net and you're trying to get as many fish as you could get. But now because of social media, you don't want to cast a big net. You don't want to be noticed by every group. You want to be noticed by a small group that become hardcore into you Mm -hmm. who then start to support you greatly and you want to milk them till the end. Yeah. Till the absolute end. And then when you're done with them, you can then pivot to the next group who will not interact with the prior group. Yeah. The beginning of the end of Rachel Hollis came when she said something innocuous to try to please everyone that pissed off racist followers that she had mm-hmm. who were like, no, you're not supposed to fucking say that. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to stay in. She wanted to see, she, she got her fucking wires crossed. Mm-hmm. And now... Dave's dead. Okay, I don't think that specifically has to do with Dave dying. No, it is. Okay. It's, that's what has to do with Dave oh, dying. Oh, no. So anyway, that's the end of my research. My end, my Everything ended there, except for that Rachel did a rebrand, and it's really it's really annoying. Yeah, I just pulled her up on Instagram. She's oh. got 1.5 million followers. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, she's not doing well. Obviously, 1.5 million followers. She's not doing well at all. Is this her with... What the fuck? What? Use your words. We're not. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the thing. It's the guy who plays. Yeah, Rain Wilson from The Office. Yeah, that's her interviewing Rain Wilson. There you go. So you know she's still doing it. Yeah, she's just pivoted more and more and more. Mm-hmm. I do also notice with a lot of these guys, they all do a very similar thing, which is especially when they're doing their podcast stuff, they make sure that you don't see anything beyond the wall behind them mm-hmm. to make them look. And especially her right now, all the ones as I'm scrolling through, it's always her in a sweatshirt. She's always sitting there with the microphone that's like almost mm-hmm. an $800 microphone in front of her. She's sitting in a big comfy chair. Yeah. It's all these different things Authentic. to not show off. Yeah, she's trying to show off the authentic part, which is what is relatable. Uh, I'm not relatable. Not talking about the housekeeper. So that's Rachel Hollis. Yes. Um, I've explained it to you, and now you know. Yep. All uh, right. The previous episode that you just listened to was for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> and then blah, 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 blah. We should have a legalese. <laughs> we, we, should. Should, we should put a legalese yeah, on these. Yeah, we should. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I am so excited yes. for uh, Alex's sh- upcoming shows. If you're yes. in the Philly area, please uh, come to them. Uh, find the information on Patreon Instagram. Follow our Instagrams. Follow Alex's TikTok. And please, yeah, make us bigger than Rachel Hollis. No, okay, I don't. I want to wield power. I don't like need her. that energy. And another shout out to uh, Bob uh, Bob's Ironworks. Yes, for the uh, incredible knife. And again, all of his information will be on our Patreon, and also will be in an Instagram video that we're going to be putting out soon. Yes. All right. That's it. We did it. That's it. It's a great episode. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Let me. Uh, oh, I got to cue up the, the. I cue out the outro music. Okay. I don't like to just hit the button because I didn't actually set it up in time. Oh, now we got a delay for time. Oh, delay well, you know for what? time. You know what? Delay for time. You know what I can say real quick before what? we leave? This was a very good episode. Yeah. You uh, did really great research. Thank you. I hope everyone was fully entertained. I hope so. Um, you know, and people get a yin and yang. They get like you who are like, hey, 
this is upsetting. Mm-hmm. And then the me, I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Promania 500, the poll for our team leaders ends on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday. It's contentious. So yeah, you got to get in there and really, vote. Like I said, we've extended it. And that will end on Friday the 19th at 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. So with that, thank you guys so much. We look forward to a future episode. And we will see you guys next week for episode 19. Whoa! Bam, bam, bam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.